Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Gracie and you, Dominic, you know, when people ask me what happened, I've been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league, and I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Before we even get to this morning's topics, by now you have heard that a legend here at WABC has passed away of prostate cancer. Half of the WABC highly rated morning show, Bernard McGurk. Bernie was a a cool guy, a really good guy. He was always very, very kind to me, very down to earth. What you see is what you get with him. His colleague, uh, Sid Rosenberg, was not in this morning, but he did call into the morning show. Uh, it's a tough morning. Uh, I do want to thank uh, you and Curtis and John and Chad and everybody who's called in. Um. John said it best. You know, I knew how bad it was, too. I spoke to Bernie. I told you this, Frank. Only a couple of mornings ago, I spoke to Bernard last Wednesday. And I even made the comparison to Jim Kahn's character in Brian's song. His voice was so weak. But we had a nice conversation. He thanked me for what he did at the gala. And the last thing he said was, I love you. And I said, I love you, too. And uh, this is a, an immense loss. And like John said, we, we knew he was sick and we knew this day was coming. But when it comes, it's not easy. And, um, you know, guys, you know, my history is not about me today, but a lot of people turn their backs on me. And he never did. He never did. And uh, I'm just very sad today. I probably shouldn't even call in, but I feel like I need to. I'm going to miss him. Very tough to uh, listen to Sid express uh, emotion emotion on this. Also on the morning show, the owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis. I I actually first time met him when we bought the station on on March 1, 2020. And uh, uh, he was a great guy. He uh, he he said it the way it was. Uh, he uh, he he just people respected him because he would say it the way it was, the way he felt, uh, without mincing any words. And um, he uh, he has been missed for the last few months. And will be missed, but 
but uh, you know, in his memory, you know, we we have tapes of 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 Bernie going back many, 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 many years, and maybe we'll we'll broadcast some once in a while in his memory, and and that way, if you be able to listen to him on those tapes. Uh, he'll never, ever be forgotten. And Bernie, uh, as soon as we have further information as as it relates to a Memorial and so on, of course we will pass it on to you. The Bernie McGurk that I knew would say, enough about me, on with the show. And so... And in trying to respect his wish, uh, that's exactly what what I'm going to uh, what I'm going to do. Coming up at uh, at twelve forty this morning, I will be joined by TV host Steve Adubato, who sat down with Governor Phil Murphy for an on camera interview. This, as believe it or not. Murphy is considering a presidential run should Biden not seek re-election. You may have heard the news headlines with Alex Barnard. We are looking at a global catastrophe, and I've talked about this quite a bit, that I was worried that this is where this might be going. President Biden uh, in New York uh, last evening, just a few hours ago, made the alarming comments while speaking in New York City at a fundraiser for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. Biden says Russian President Vladimir Putin is not joking when he talks about the use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. That is a direct quote. The risk of a nuclear Armageddon is at the highest level, according to President Biden, since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis amid intensifying Russian threats to unleash its nuclear arsenal. Very, very serious situation as it relates to Russia, Ukraine, and what might be the next shoe to drop. That information just coming out a short time ago. And it seems like, folks, it seems like we are getting numb to the violence around the country. The headlines come and go. The incidents come and go. We keep going. But it seems to be a new phenomenon, if you will, of stabbing people. A suspect is in custody after a violent uh, stabbing attack. A violent stabbing attack as it relates to two people are dead and at least Six others injured on the Las Vegas uh, Strip. This happened uh, Thursday morning. And um, apparently the victims were tourists and locals. And Vegas police uh, say said during a uh, press conference 
of the eight victims, two were dead and three remained in critical condition. Some of the victims were showgirls taking photos with tourists. We received multiple 911 calls regarding a stabbing or a series of stabbings that was occurring on Las Vegas Boulevard near Sands and Las Vegas Boulevard. Our officers immediately responded, and with the help of security partners, were able to take the suspect into custody very quickly, and we were also able to start rendering aid to the multiple victims. As of now, we estimate that there are eight victims that were a part of this incident, and then the one suspect that we took into custody. Of the eight victims, unfortunately and very tragically, two of them have passed. There are three others that are in critical condition, and then the others appear to be stable, but we will update as we know more information. So that's uh, that's news out of uh, Vegas this morning. And um, we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And when you mention uh, stabbings, of course, we have to deal uh, with the situation, <clears throat> excuse me, of the uh, suspect in the murder of EMT, Allison Russo. He's pleaded not guilty. I just find it interesting. And I know, you know, the advice of counsel and, and so on. But I just find it interesting that he's sane enough, sane enough to plead what's in his best interest. So arraigned on a murder indictment just a few hours ago yesterday, the man charged with the stabbing death of this Hero, FDNY EMT Captain Allison Russo, pleaded not guilty from the Bellevue Hospital psych ward via video link. And I'm going to your telephone calls in just one second. The 34-year-old suspect was ordered held for further psychiatric evaluation during hearing the hearing, where at times... He appeared confused at one point, saying that he did not consent to the video link arraignment. Interesting. We're going to get to Herschel Walker. It seems like it's going from bad to worse for Herschel Walker. And again, I'm awaiting uh, Steve Adubato, TV host Steve Adubato, his telephone call at about 1240 a very interesting conversation we're going to have with him. But let's begin with the telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Michael in New Jersey, good morning. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning, Dominic. I consider you to be a very intelligent person and also a very, very honest person. So there is no way, shape, or form no way that I am going to believe that because the parents of that fire lieutenant told off the mayor that you believe he really gives a damn, that he's going to change his ways and he's going to become another Rudy Giuliani and now he's going to get tough. But before that, he didn't, he didn't know to do that. But because her parents spoke to him, now he's going to be Mr. Tough Guy. I mean, because you were saying it's so good that they told him off and, and it's, it's not going to accomplish anything. He doesn't give a damn. He couldn't care less. You know what he was probably saying to himself when they were telling him this? 
get the hell out of my face. I am the mayor. I'll do whatever I want to do, and I will continue to party and have a great time, and I don't give a damn about you or your daughter. I don't care about the city. I don't care about anything. Michael, I'm the Boogaloo mayor. Uh, Michael, you, you're making a uh, assumption here that when I made that comment, you're making the assumption that it was good for the mayor. No, it was good for the parents because the mayor needs to be told off in his face. So I'm I'm not I'm not stating that it was it was in any way. And and maybe maybe I should have did a better job of expressing uh, my point of view. The 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 mayor, uh, for lack of a better term, the mayor must be checked in terms of what's going on. And it's enough with all of this Hollywood. You know, look at me, look at my security detail, look at my jacket. I'm out at the club tonight. Enough. I haven't even gone through the details, Michael, of two stabbings and since I was on the air last night in the subway. Care. Do you think he cares? Well, we know that he wants to run for uh, for higher office. So if he wants to run for higher office, he better get crime under control. Is he doing it? I rode the subway yesterday. I got on the train. There was a homeless person in damn near every car. No cops were on the train. No cops. When I got off the train at 14th and 8th Avenue, there was a homeless guy stretched out in the mezzanine. There were no police. I went over to the token booth clerk, and I said, you know, there's a guy sleeping with 20,000 bags in the middle of the mezzanine. And the clerk told me, oh, I know that. I said, did you call the police? He said, three hours ago. I said, three hours ago? And nobody came? Nobody showed up. Right? They don't care. He doesn't care. He couldn't care less. That's what the people have to realize. You put in, you were hoping for a, a black Rudy Giuliani. What you got is a black de Blasio. That's all he, there's no difference between him and de Blasio. The only difference is de Blasio told us what he was going to do, and Eric Adams lied through his teeth. Well, Michael, um, you're never short of a uh, opinion, and I thank you uh, very much for ex- expressing uh, your point of view. You know, I, I guess, I guess, Michael, that that you called it um, the the way that I see it. Uh, I was hoping for an African American Rudy Giuliani. No nonsense. That's what I was hoping for. I was not hoping for, look at me, it's midnight, I'm at the club, woo-woo. I was not looking for that. I was looking for, let's get down to business. You mess up in my city, you're going to jail. Period. That's what I was expecting. Let's go to David in the Bronx. Good morning, David. It was nice to uh, meet you the other morning. Yeah, same here, Dominic. Um, I'd like to comment on the situation with Russia and Ukraine because I've been concerned about this from the beginning, and I'm seriously scared that this could lead to nuclear war. The Ukrainians are being irresponsible. I understand they were invaded, but we need to cut off this unlimited money and military hardware. Yeah, I, I heard you. All- I heard you yesterday with Frank making the same exact point. Yeah, because. You know, Zelensky keeps talking about retaking every inch of territory. That is not responsible. He's calling on the United States and NATO to attack Russia preemptively before they use nuclear weapons. That will result 
in war, which is not in our interest. I, you know, listen, I have, like I said yesterday on Frank's program, my sister-in-law is from Ukraine. Her mother lives in Russia-occupied Ukrainian territory because she had a stroke and she can't leave. But I am not willing to sacrifice New York, Cincinnati, or Los Angeles for some Ukrainian town or military installation, which is what the Ukrainians would have us do if we don't wake up and stop sending all the money and weaponry there because they're going to have to settle with the Russians at some point. They're not going to retake Crimea. They're not going to retake the regions that the Russians voted into uh, Russia uh, uh, last week. So let's make the Ukrainians become reasonable before we all end up irradiated or vaporized. Well, I, I, I hear you from your perspective, David, and I thank you uh, for the call. And, and I, 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 too, uh, uh, I, I side with the with Ukraine here, but uh, I, too, was worried about the implications in terms of the U.S. being dragged in. And I, I don't know why President Biden made this uh, this public comment uh, in New York about Armageddon and that and that they are uh, uh, that Russia, that Putin is very serious. But um, I, I don't know if it's politics with the midterms, but um, it, it, it's certainly alarming. It is alarming. Judy in Manhattan. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I mean, is it morning? Yeah, it is. It is morning. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say that um, I have a relative that is schizophrenic, and it is so difficult to get help. And um, the system, well, what we have to start doing is holding the mental health system accountable because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And they're putting people on medication that is mood and mind altering. And imagine how powerful that is. And then they are not giving people any kind of meaningful therapy. My relative can go into the psychiatrist or psychologist, get medication, and walk back out. There's no counseling going on. There is no um, nothing holding them accountable. They warehouse these people in these residents, and they don't have to work. They don't have to go to counseling if they don't want to. They don't have to do anything productive. There's nothing being done to get these people back in a right frame of mind. They're just keeping them medicated. And I think that has a lot to do with the um, pharmaceutical company. I, well, I, I, I hear you, Judy, and I, and I appreciate the call. And I, I, I am sorry that a family member of yours is going through this situation. Uh, it seems like uh, the entire system, to a degree, is failing. Thank you for the call, Judy. The entire system is failing, but... Where I am right now is that mentally where I'm at is that they, they, these individuals with these extreme emphasis on extreme problems 
cannot continue to just stay on the street. And we the, the city and state has to open back up these hospitals. And uh, Judy's point is that the services are not there. So the services have got to be there. Because what was the point of closing these facilities to save money with the budget situation? It was it was foolish because look at what we're dealing with now. The problem is a million times worse now. Let's go to Boston. Let's say good morning to Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Um, thanks for taking my call as always. I want to wish you a, a wonderful weekend. Um, and Thank I you. just wanted to. Um, I feel like Audrey talking about the weekend. She's so cute when she does that. Um, I just wanted to bullet point a couple of things you brought up, if I could. First of all, um, I will miss Bernard McGurk terribly. Uh, he is one of the main reasons I ever started listening to talk radio. Um, I just think he was literally just such a decent, humble, just a salt-of-the-earth guy with a big brain and a big heart and a love for country. And I just adored him and his humor when he did those impressions on um, the Irish, the Monsignor or whatever. Oh, my God. Um, he was just brilliant. And uh, he was a gift to all of us who had the, you know, the, the pleasure of listening to him. And he will be missed. So God's peace. Um, regarding um, the crime, and um, you brought up uh, Las Vegas, what happened I will just reiterate what I've said before. People need to carry something like pepper spray or mace because think of all the people that were around at that moment. You have one man with a knife, which is terrifying. I've had a gun pulled on me, so I know it's very scary. But when, if you have a crowd of people, if just one person can stand back and spray mace, it travels. You know what I mean, Dominic? Yeah, I hear Um, you. I, I hear you, Jennifer. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if I would recommend I do thank you for the call. I don't know if I would recommend people attempting to get that close to someone to try and mace them because uh at the end of the day, uh what what if it doesn't work? And but but I but I do hear you, Jennifer, a lot of people standing around. Something something has to give, folks. Something has to give. Mary Beth on Long Island, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning to you, Dominic, and my condolences to everybody who knew and loved Bernie. He, he was he was an amazing man, and he did so much good for the world, and he's going to be missed. Um, thank you for running um, the statement that Mr. Katsimatidis made about um, airing some of his clips in the future, because we are going to miss him, and it's going to be wonderful to hear his voice again and his his humor and his his brilliance. He he was a very intelligent, caring man. Um, while I was on hold, I sort of changed my mind about what I wanted to talk about. Um, the other day, you mentioned the funeral of the very brave EMT who lost her life in such a violent manner. Yes. And the fact that her parents spoke out to the mayor, that was amazing. And I I was surprised um, more people didn't call in to support that. In their grief, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. They spoke so beautifully. They did. They did. They absolutely did. Mary Beth, thank you for the call. I've I've got to take a break. But that's the point that I was trying to make, how eloquently the father spoke when you know that he is absolutely heartbroken at age 87 to have to bury his own daughter. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming up in the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, I'll be talking to Steve Adubato, the PBS TV host, about New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Adubato just sat down with him for an interview. That's coming up. When we come back, I'm going to go to Andrea in New Jersey, and we will return right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life, I gotta make it. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back, going right back to the telephone calls. We are taking your telephone calls at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Andrea in New Jersey, good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, Good morning, Dominic. Uh, Thank you for bringing up the issue of uh, what uh, Biden is saying regarding uh, possible nuclear war with Russia. I'm uh, I'm old enough to remember the Cuban Missile Crisis, and I can tell you, having lived through that, how tense those days were. And I just can't believe, as a nation, that people aren't aren't discussing this and astounded by it. The concept of I mean, they really think there's going to be a limited nuclear war. There's no such thing. It is unbelievable that our representatives in Washington D.C. Are, are not scrambling to figure out how to put an end to the war in Ukraine. It's as if they all really want this war. And my question is this. Do they, are, where, where are they going to go run and hide? I'd like to know that because there is no place for the rest of us to go run and hide. We don't have bunkers and shelters. It's as if they, it's as if they could care less about it. I, I am astounded at the casualness of the conversations regarding this issue. It, it is unbelievable to me. Well, and I don't I, know if anybody else is afraid. Well, I, I, I agree with you, and uh, I think that the public sentiment will start shifting to reflect the reality of what may happen. And it's, it's a very, very serious situation. And for President Biden to discuss it publicly, I just don't understand why why he would uh, 
basically say, hey, folks, Putin is not joking around. And if the president of the United States says that, thank you for the call, Andrea, then he must know something uh, in terms of proof that we don't know yet, that this may be a very, very serious situation. One where, to be candid and honest with you, my fear is that on any given night that I come in here to have this show with you, I I look at it as a dialogue with us together. I look at it as anything could, could go wrong. And I'm fearful in terms of what the outcome may be. So one of the other stories that uh, we are following, continuing to follow, the situation with Herschel Walker, uh, the Republican candidate in Georgia, he is continuing to stumble in an attempt to respond to the allegation that he paid for a girlfriend's abortion. You may say, so what? But when you consider the fact that he he denied that he know that he knows the woman. She claims that she's had a child with him since then, in a follow up uh, report. And when you look at his staunch anti-abortion position, it makes Mister uh, Walker look very very bad, very very bad. And so, uh, yesterday morning he appeared on the Hugh Hewitt uh, podcast. And double down on his defense. I'll say it was the same thing I said that, uh, you know, I know this is untrue. And I know it's untrue. And they keep telling me things like that. And it's totally, totally untrue. And uh, I'm not sure why uh, that would be told. I know nothing about any woman having an abortion. And, and uh, so they can, they can keep coming at me like that. And, and they're doing it because uh, they want to distract people. I know that because, you know, I've already been forgiven. And if I've been forgiven, why in the world will I not be forgiven of something I, like that? And I'm not so, being forgiven. Go ahead. Is there anything you need to be forgiven for vis-a-vis a woman whose name we do not know? Do you know who this woman is and do you need to <laughs> oh, be forgiven? Well, that's, that's what's so funny. And I'm saying I've been forgiven. Because of all the things I did when I went to my when uh, the, the thing with my ex-wife and all that and things I did I don't know how many years ago that I wrote in my book I said guys I wasn't perfect I had my problem with mental health and I've uh, I've, uh, I've I've been I've, I've, I've been I've, I've been born again but I, I have a new life and I've, I've been moving forward and and. Uh, and and if that had happened, I would have, I would have said it because there's nothing to be ashamed of there. You know, people have done that, but I know nothing about it. And, uh, if I knew about it, I, I would be honest and talk about it, but I know nothing about that. Wow. And so the Republican lieutenant governor in the state of Georgia is, uh, basically chastising his own party saying that they jumped the gun because they wanted name recognition as a candidate, a former football player, homegrown, and uh, it, it's it's not looking good at all for uh, for Herschel Walker right now. Because uh, 
as the woman alleges, and I still feel we have a right to know who she is, but as she is alleging, if she had a child after all of this with the abortion with Herschel Walker, then clearly he knows who she is. And that means his entire story, his entire recollection of this completely goes up in smoke. Not looking good. But we'll see what happens. Voters may decide. Voters may decide uh, that that's not their top issue. So we will see how this actually goes down. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to Ike in Trenton. Good morning, Ike. What's on your mind? Yes, um, I'm talking about uh, uh, Herschel Walker. Okay, go right ahead. Please ignore the radio because that's on a delay. Talk to me right now. Go ahead, please. Yes. Uh, In this country... You are innocent until proven guilty. Not in politics, Ike. That's wishful thinking on your part. Well, well, you might say it is wishful thinking. That's the Constitution, sir. You right. can argue as much as you want, but that is the Constitution. Sir, you, hey, hey, Ike, I, I, I respect you, but you're, you're just not being realistic, and I don't have time to engage in that this morning. And in the world of politics, it is all based on perception. It, it is not, you're referring to what happens in a court of law. Jason in the Bronx, go right ahead, Jason. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to comment about uh, Mayor Adams in general. I'm not a big supporter of Mayor Adams. Um, I didn't vote for him. I don't like what's going on in the city, obviously, because I see the the disruption around me here in the city, in the Bronx in particular. But I want to be fair about it. And although every day I'm frustrated by what I see in the city, um, one member of my family that I know about did vote for Mayor Adams because – the person in my family said, you know, out of all the Democrats, he's the best of the worst. And to be fair about Mayor Adams, um, I kind of see it as a catch-22. And what I mean is is that I know the bail reform is the most destructive force we have in this city. And Mayor Adams, to a certain degree, doesn't have any control of that. That comes out of the state legislature in Albany. That's the state assembly. And that's the state, and that's the state legislature, and only they can change that law. So, you, you, you are, you are correct. I, I just have to step in, Jason. But thank you. You, you are correct. I'm up against a heart out here, and our guest is standing by on the line. Steve Adubato, uh public uh, TV talk show host, is standing by. He'll join me in the Chronicles in just a second. And when we're done with the interview with Steve Adubato, we see all of your calls. We'll try and get back to them. Coming up at the top of the hour this morning, we have Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. It is now time for a break. When we come back, TV host Steve Adubato. Radio 77. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. As I mentioned, Steve Adubato is now with us. Steve is one of the very best in our business. Steve Adubato is an Emmy Award-winning anchor on State of Affairs, which airs on public broadcasting, and he is also the author of of lessons in leadership. Steve has an interview with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy that airs Saturday morning on PBS stations in our area. Thank you very much, Steve, for joining us. Dominic, as always, it's an honor to speak to you and to your WABC audience. Well, I always enjoy chatting with you, Steve, because, uh, and I don't say this lightly, you're the real deal. And I like talking to people uh, quite candidly, that know what they're talking about. So let's get to it. Any takeaways from this uh, Murphy interview, having done it? It's interesting. I mean, the governor obviously is a major figure in our region and, and clearly has some national ambitions if Joe Biden does not run for re-election for president. But And I also asked the governor about that, and he was coy, as most potential candidates are. Um we talked about affordability in New Jersey, the fact that a lot of folks in Jersey are moving to Carolina, the Carolinas, to Florida, no income tax, as you well know, Dominic, in Florida, pretty high income tax here in New Jersey. The governor challenged the premise of my question, saying we were not losing a um, significant number of high income earners in the New Jersey area to, uh, to other states. We talked about child care, affordability of child care, um, inflation. We talked about the migrant situation. Uh, he was quite critical of Governor DeSantis and uh, the governor, Governor Abbott in Texas, sending folks to northern, quote-unquote, blue liberal Democratic states. We talked about a whole range of things, and the governor was relaxed and comfortable. And when he didn't give me a direct answer, I tried to follow up, as, as we all try to do, Dominic, and don't always get the direct answer we're looking for. Well, we're going to rewind and focus particularly on some of the issues uh, that you brought up in the interview. But before we even get to that, Steve, out of battle, so this is serious about if if Biden doesn't run, Murphy's team, that, that he may actually run for president? Look, Dominic, it doesn't – you don't need me or anyone else who covers politics and policy on the national or regional level. To, to to acknowledge what appears pretty clear, which is that, I mean, I think Joe Biden is a decent human being. He's wanted to be president for a long time. However, um, he is clearly challenged on a lot of levels. And cognitively, I'm not an expert in the field, but just anecdotally, there are times he looks confused. There are times he doesn't seem to communicate as clearly as he needs to and wants to. And I don't know what that has to do with. And if we're not going to be honest about 
a president who's turning 80 now and will be 82 by then and what that means and doesn't mean, then we're just not being honest. And so I think it's 50-50 whether President Biden actually runs or not. If he does not, I would say that Governor Murphy, along with another major politician in New Jersey, U.S. Senator Cory Booker, they're going to try to get at the front of that line. And uh, the only way to stop that is for Biden to run again. But I think it's I think it's a very iffy proposition, Dominic. Well, Steve Adubato, I, I don't think Biden is running. You put the odds at you 50, do not. 50. I do not believe so. Uh, Why but, you but, say but, that, but, well, simply because uh the age factor and uh he's not very popular throughout the country and I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see the platform where he can be reelected. But maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe you're right putting the odds at fifty fifty. I wanna focus on the interview that you sure. did with with Governor Murphy. So one much has been made about the shipping of migrants by Republican governors to New York, Chicago, Martha's Vineyard. Now, sure. on on shipping of the migrants, I'm going to listen to uh, a clip of your interview, a question and your answer, the answer that Governor Murphy provided. This is uh, the question you asked and his response on, on uh, shipping migrants to other states. This is part of your interview. I don't know what's being told, and you don't know what's being told to those folks who are getting on those buses. Uh, but Texas and Florida are saying, not here. Go to other states that are either sanctuary city states, whatever, they'll take you in. That approach or that, it's not even a policy, those actions, how would you characterize those actions? I think it's despicable to use human beings, particularly human beings are, who are fleeing a desperate situation as it is in Venezuela, to use them as pawns and to be less than forthright with them. Interesting. Now, Steve Adubato, uh, that's your interview with Governor Murphy. But it, it seems like Democrats are taking that same type of stance uh, as it relates to this issue. Am I right or wrong here? Yeah, Dominic, here's the thing. To me, and you're right, that is the dominant position of Democratic elected officials, governors, mayors, et cetera. But here's the thing. Uh, Governor DeSantis has a right to do it, and, and we pray and for all the folks, uh, particularly in the the, um, the the section of Florida that was devastated, the area of Florida that was devastated, and we wish all the best to Governor DeSantis and the other leaders there. They have a right to to do what they're doing. However, if you really wanted to help those migrants, would you not communicate? And I'm not trying to take the governor's position, Governor Murphy, but it's but it's legitimate. You tell the elected officials and the government officials on the other end that migrants are coming. You give them warning. You're honest with those migrants about what they can and cannot expect on the other end. That's if you really want to do something meaningful. If you want to play a political game, then I guess you don't tell the elected officials and you put people on buses without really acknowledging what's going on on the other end or not going on. And that's the problem I have. That, that to me, Dominic, is not about politics. That about, that's about human beings, particularly women and children, who are vulnerable and 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 in a very bad position. And frankly, I don't get that kind of politics. I never have and I never will. Fair enough. The conversation is with Steve Adubato. Steve is an Emmy award-winning anchor on State of Affairs, which airs on public broadcasting and the author of Lessons in Leadership. I want to listen to another another clip of the uh, interview 
uh, that you did with Governor Murphy of New Jersey. A big issue, as you mentioned in your open, Steve, in this interview, is uh, state residents from New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, other states up north, moving to states uh, like Florida. Let's listen to the question and answer on that topic. Where do you believe we are in terms of losing New Jerseyans to states like Florida? You know, we are true to our bumper sticker. Every state is a bumper sticker. Florida, I guess, is no income tax and warm weather. Ours is the number one state in America to raise a family. The data doesn't show that we're losing the high earners. That's not to say some aren't leaving, but there are more coming than leaving by a meaningful amount. Is that accurate, Steve Adubato? You know, Dominic, I respect the governor, and I'm sure he has statistics to, quote, unquote, back up what he's saying. But anecdotally, I have literally lost count of the number of friends, family members, people I'm close to who simply left their state who have established legal residence in Florida one day more than half the number of days in the year. So you pay no income tax in Florida. You pay no income because there is no income tax. You pay no income tax in New Jersey. I was saying to the governor, and I've said this to him before, we're losing that revenue. If the state is seen as a high-tax state, if the state is seen, yes, we do have a, a solid education system funded largely by property taxes and income taxes. However, to not acknowledge anecdotally and logic, common sense, tells us we're losing people. And very very often those are people who are high-income folks who pay a lot in taxes. We're losing, losing that revenue. The governor will not budge on that. He will not. And I, I, th- I think he's wrong. I think he's not being honest about the fact that we're losing those residents. And frankly, not being honest about the cost of living here and the tax rate doesn't help anyone. Fair enough. You know, another topic that you brought up, Steve Adubato, with Governor Murphy, and I'm glad that you did so, is the entire controversy about what our young kids are being taught in uh, in public schools uh, as it relates to sex education. And it's a big controversy. It was a controversy in Virginia. It's a controversy, frankly, everywhere. All I can say is thank God that my kids are grown and I don't have to deal with this. But a lot of Americans, this is a real issue. I want to listen to your question and Governor Murphy's response on this topic. We've had many legislators, particularly Republican legislators, saying that the state of New Jersey, the Department of Education, our public schools, our teachers are trying to indoctrinate young children regarding sexual orientation, gender issues, etc., explicit sexual acts being taught to young children. What's fact? What's fiction? Yeah, well, a lot of that is fiction. Uh, This went through a process, uh, and we support the outcome. So, Steve Adubato, when the governor says it went through a process and we support the outcome, translate (sighs) what that means. Oh, boy. See, here's the thing. And and by the way, Dominic, I've seen you on Facebook and with your family, and and God bless you and your family, your grown kids, and Thank your family's you. getting bigger all the time. But we have a 12-year-old. We have a 12-year-old in public schools. And we talk to her. My wife and I talk to her all the time about what it is being taught, what's not being taught. We try to differentiate between the, the re- reality and the rhetoric. And here's the thing. The governor says there was a process. And, and P.S., I want to make it clear. I do believe there's hyperbole, exaggeration, um, and pol- politicizing, if you will, of some of that content. Does some of it concern me? Yes. However, most of it to me feels age appropriate, at least from my perspective and my wife's. Here's where I have a problem with the governor on this. 
there was a process. What he means is the State Department of Education announced the curriculum changes a while ago. Yeah, Dominic, they announced it. They covered their behinds by making sure it was, quote, public. Did they publicize it? Did they put it out there for people to have a real opportunity at Board of Education meetings and other places to publicly speak out? No, they didn't. An accident? I don't think so. I think they attempted to do it, cover their behinds by saying we made it public. There it is but did not make a serious effort to create greater public awareness so that there would be a clear sense of what's being taught and what's not. So when you're a bit secretive, in my view, you allow for folks to try to politicize and to to misinterpret or interpret as they choose to what they think is being taught. Complicated stuff, but I do think the Department of Education and the administration should have done a much better job making parents aware of what was in that curriculum consistently. Listen, they spent a lot of money on public awareness campaigns. Dominic, unless I missed it, I didn't see that one. I don't think you missed it. Um, I, I believe that you notice uh, everything that comes out, Steve Adubato. So uh, in wrapping up here, I only got a minute or two left. Uh, we sure. are uh, uh, not far away from the midterms. How are they looking to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you give uh, President Biden and Governor DeSantis credit? It seems like they're working together hand in hand in Florida. It's funny you say that. We were just having dinner. We're fortunate enough to be able to actually have dinner with family tonight. And my wife said, isn't it great to see President Biden and Governor DeSantis working together on behalf of the people of Florida? And, and she's absolutely right about that, and I agree with her. But isn't it something, Dominic, that we actually have to make a big deal about that? Isn't it something that that's the exception and not the rule? Isn't it something that people are suffering? So many people died, lost their homes, lost their businesses, lost their law, everything. And it's the exception, not the rule, that Democrats and Republicans come together for something that is much bigger than the next election or politics. Uh, it's, it's a shame, but I'm glad it's happening, and, and kudos to Governor DeSantis, and on this one, President Biden for coming together for something bigger than themselves in politics. Midterms favoring the Republicans or the Democrats? If the Republicans blow this one, if the Republicans do not take control of the House, the Democrats are only up by a few seats. There's a major seat in the 7th Congressional District here in New Jersey. Tom Malinowski, the incumbent, Tom Kane Jr., former senator in New Jersey, state senator uh, running on the Republican side. That's a Republican district. Kane should win that seat. If the Democrats lose five seats, Dominic, it's over. If the Republicans in this midterm, with Biden being so unpopular, with inflation and the recession and the stock market and everything else, if the Democrats hold on to control, it'll be a miracle. If the Republicans lose, it'll be a major embarrassment. It'll be worse than the Yankees not winning, and I'm a huge Yankee fan. (laughs) <laughs> I, I close on a serious topic, crime uh, and Mayor yeah. Adams. And uh, as you know, the stabbing of the EMT, fatal stabbing, uh, Allison uh, uh, Russo. Are, are we ever going to get this crime problem under control, Steve, uh, Steve Adubato? You know, I, I, listen, I'm not a New Yorker. We do business in New York. My son's in New York. I worry, we worry about him all the time. You know, I was hoping that the mayor would, frankly, be more aggressive when it came to crime. I don't know why he's not. I don't know why some of our prosecutors, judges, and others are, frankly, as lenient as they are in allowing so many people out on the streets. I I, I empathize with those suffering from mental illness, but they do not belong on our streets. What happened 
to, to that EMT worker, Ms. Russo, I mean, all those years, just not too far away from retirement, it's a, it, it is just horrible on so many levels. And it's affecting the city. It's affecting our region. And this is not political. But Democrats have to get serious about fighting crime and not seeing it as conservative or Republican or to the right. Fighting crime, being a law and order candidate and elected official, is the American way. Just like I railed against January 6th, I rail against the crime in the streets and anyone, including Democrats, who will protect and coddle criminals. The time is up, Dominic. Well, all I can say is let the church say amen to Brother Steve Hadabato. Steve, thank you for joining us. Your interview with Governor Murphy uh, of New Jersey airs Saturday morning on PBS stations. I can't wait to see it. Thank you very much for appearing. Good honor to you and your great audience at WABC. Um, wish you all the best. Take care, my friend. And so we are going to uh, try to get to some more of your phone calls, uh, in particular Gracie and Rockland County. But first, I'm joined by Frank Marano, who's coming up next, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, Hello sir. Hello there, Dominic. So what do you have coming up? Uh, well, we're going to spend some time uh, looking at the life and legacy of Bernard McGurk, uh, somebody that uh, I know we were both lucky enough to know and work with uh, somebody that I knew for about 15 years. I'm going to give some stories that people may not have heard, Uh, most of them good. A couple of them might have been somewhat embarrassing, mostly to me. And we're going to play some audio that folks may not have heard. We're going to do Ask Frank Anything, as we do each and every Friday. We have denunciations, which we're still going to do. And because I was so taken with that discussion that you had with our friend Steve Adubato, I've asked him to join me in the 3 o'clock hour, and we're going to follow up on some of the themes that you guys just spoke about. Sounds fantastic. Let's go right back to the telephone calls. Gracie and Rockland, our friend Gracie, uh, I believe, wants to comment on Herschel Walker. Is that correct, Gracie? Yeah, I'll comment on Herschel, but I'd like to poke some uh, 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 darts into the interview with uh, the uh, the uh, the governor of New Jersey. He's some piece of work. But all right, Herschel. I thought abortion was on the Democrats' uh, a resume enhancer. I really mean it. Uh, Letitia James came out and said she had a, an abortion and everybody cheered it because it would have interfered with uh, a job she was going to take. And I'm more, I'm also annoyed at the Republicans. Don't they realize that this is a life and death election? Maybe, maybe I'm a fool for feeling this way, but I don't like the way the country is turning. It's not safe. The market went from, what was it when Trump left, 36,000? With the market, Gracie, I I don't even look anymore. That's how bad it is. Okay. I I feel sorry for the young people. Maybe I'm over the top. No, I don't think you are. I I don't think you are. Gracie, thank you. To those of you that didn't get through... Frank is about to. I'm passing the uh, the baton to him. I want you folks, as much as humanly possible, to uh, try to have a good weekend. And I will be back on Monday. And uh, Frank Morano's coming up right now, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.